0: Before all of that, I'd love to learn the story of of how you got to where you are now. So you don't not not just anybody can just be like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll do a racing game. I'm sure I can find the <laughs> the millions of pounds and the talented people to to design it and program it. I'm oh yeah, and I've got some friends at, at Porsche and Mercedes, and I can get the license. Seat. Like, there's clearly a whole raft of experience and stuff that you've done in the past, which has led you to be at this point where you're the best person to create. RenSport as the concept exists today. So if we can go back to the first time you would say you were doing a role, which is now contributing towards RenSport as it is now. So back in the past, the jobs that you were previously doing that are relevant to RenSport.
1: Yeah, to be honest, uh, I would say 95% of my working life uh, is related to the games industry. So uh, um, I had one year before I started in the gaming industry, uh, when, I, when, I, when I worked for a nut gaming company and it was Black on Decker, they are doing all the machines, you know, from, from <laughs> yeah, homes. Uh, that's so random. <laughs> so uh, I, I had a one-year contract there and they tried uh, um, to hire me uh, for, for a longer time. And uh, I, I said, no, at the end, I said, okay, no, it was it was a great journey and it was really interesting working together. Um, and... At this time, uh, um, a, f- a former colleague uh, called me and said, hey, I'm working for a gaming company uh, and we are hiring. Uh, would you be interested uh, to be part of this crazy team? And I said, oh, what? Gaming industry? What the hell are you doing there? And they explained a bit and then they invited me uh, and I said, wow, that's, that's great. And there was acclaim entertainment at these days. It was uh, mid-90s. Um, uh, They had an office here in Munich and the company grows a lot. I think it was the first listed NASDAQ gaming company. uh, A lot of great titles uh, and everything worked perfect. So things sold by their own. I have no idea why they needed marketing or sales department (laughs) these days. So it was really just fun working there, to be honest. And uh, that was my starting point in the in the gaming industry. And uh, after uh, leaving Acclaim, uh, I joined the Codemasters team. So I worked for Codemasters several years. Uh, and that was the first time that I really was in contact with games I really like. Uh, and there was mm. uh, Toka Racing. Uh, we at, at this time, we, um, we released uh, DTM Racing and a lot of great racing games. We had Colin McRae Racing and so on. And at this uh, time, I really fell in love with, with racing games. And uh, to be honest, it's the only genre uh, uh, in the gaming area, which I really, I really love uh, extremely. Um, and uh, um, after after working for Coldmaster several years, I, I quit and uh, decided, hey, I would like to, to set up my own publisher. Um, and that was, I think, the first crazy idea in my life. Uh, and I took all all the money I got from the share option I had from Code and all the all the, the, the saved money I had, and I put it in these in this small company, uh, and I set uh, up uh, this these small publisher in two thousand four or five, I think. Um, and luckily, uh, it, it it went quite well. So we we could uh, uh, sign a lot of great projects. We uh, could sign uh, um, yeah a lot of great studios um, and uh, that was really also a super exciting time and I uh, s- built this company over years until uh, I would say 2015 uh, and then I was a bit bored of all the gaming things. Uh, over the time, we also start developing uh, mobile games and, and all these things. And then I was out of the gaming industry for two, three years, uh with other uh projects uh, I was interested in. And then I um uh, yeah, as I said, uh I, I saw iRacing, I saw broadcast of, of Digital Motorsport, I was in contact for another project with one of the automobile companies, and so it starts uh to yeah. To, to come up uh, with the idea, hey, come on, let's do something. And it would be great to start from zero, build a team, build a complete new uh, game. And that was the starting point, I would say, 2019, 2018 uh, for the Rensport project. And to be honest, you 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 said it uh, before, handling all these things, you can't imagine what it means when you are just, and in the beginning, we were just two or three in, in, in the team. And I had some guys working for me from another company of mine. So just helping us, contacting all the licensing guys, building up relationships to the automotive partners, starting to build a, a studio, hiring external partners for, for content, other things. doing Building these uh, network or things uh, with just two or three was for the first 12, 16 months really uh, hard, hard, hard job. And it took a lot of money and energy, to be honest.
2: You get to go there and you get to talk about racing and you get to be around the people who love the same thing you do. Do you feel that you're a little isolated at home or do you have a bunch of people that you can actually, you know, converse with when it comes to sim racing or just motorsport in general?
3: Yeah, it's mostly, like you said, online folks <laughs> that I can converse with some racing and just motorsports. Sure, my friends that I see in person will listen to me, but um, ne- at some point I feel bad for them, and I'm like, all right, I need to stop talking about this. Or <laughs> like, was, if you're trying to talk about Daytona, and you're like, yeah, this guy sent it through bus stop, and they're like, what, what the heck was that what sentence? Was, what did you just say?
2: Those are like all your TikToks as of late. Where yeah. you are like, oh, uh, I talk about motorsport literally all the time. Or, right, and it's or, just... The big daytona one that gained you a bunch of followers that you posted recently like that's one of the things that i try not to do is is talk to my friends about stim racing all that much because once i get started it, there's just no ending none whatsoever and then i'm pulling up videos and showing them and i'm like "Oh, check this out like yeah that's really fun i guess so that's cool, cool i guess that's really i don't know when you get a group you. of people
3: in the room they all talk about the nfl right like when the mm-hmm. nfl was happening people had their fantasy teams a group of my friends, would all, whenever we all had dinner together or whatever, they would all start talking about their football players and their teams and who got injured and blah, blah, blah. And then I don't feel bad because I was like, look, if you're going to make me sit through that... Yeah. Of something, like, <laughs> I kind of know, because I'm American like American football, I'm aware of how to play the game, I know some of the key players, blah, blah, blah. But, like, if you're going to make me sit through the analysis, and who has the better, this person got a surgery on their tendon, and if that happens, you have a 6% chance of not throwing this pass,
2: <laughs> blah, blah, blah. What? If
3: you're going to make me sit through that, yeah. I can talk to you about sim racing a little bit.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true, that's true. When it's draft season for the NFL, <laughs> yeah. most of my buddies are football fans. And uh, Tom is cringing over there as we're calling it football Mm. repeatedly. I know you're not. (laughs) You're like, you play it with your hands. What are you talking about? Football,
3: hand, egg. How dare you?
2: (laughs) Rugby. What? But. When it gets to draft season and they're like, Oh, did you see him in college three years ago? I'm like, No. Right. No, I did not see him at college three years ago. But did you see this last sim racing of it? No. Just- <laughs> did you see him did you
3: see him when he was in F three? And it was really good. Like, Come on. <laughs>
2: how do you not know that? You know, it's it is one of those things where you should be allowed to obviously talk about it. But it, I guess it loses its what am I trying to say? It loses its uh passion for you when you're having a conversation with someone who just doesn't know you're like i can tell you're just trying to be nice and that's appreciated but i just want to have people where i can talk about sim racing to a point where they understand it as well it's almost uh you know why tom and i connected so well is because uh he loves sim racing i love sim racing and now we have this podcast where we get to invite people over and talk sim talk racing more about sim racing. More. We'll talk more racing. <laughs> yeah, <you know>, <laughs> One of the things that uh, that I'm pretty impressed with on your side, Ash, is your ability to create content around sim racing and around mm-hmm. motorsport and all that. And, you know, I'm kind of jealous because Tom knows that I've wanted to be a content creator probably for five, six years now, but I've never really jumped into it all, all in, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know. You know, you have your job and you have your other yeah. hobbies and things like that, and maybe you have your family. You've really dove in, and actually, congratulations recently with your BS competition, Thank you. where you're part of that team now. That's pretty cool, and I, I did enjoy the little video of them announcing you on there uh, yeah, with the banana cool. suit and everything. Although <laughs> you, hopefully, when you're in the banana suit, you do the uh, Brian dance. You know, I try my
3: best. I try to do the Carlton dance too, because that's a real hit with the with the stream. But no, we love the <laughs> banana suit. I have like a I have like a closet just full of random stuff for the stream, whether it's just that's, like a holiday themed items or, you know, I, I treat stream like a kindergarten class where you have to keep it exciting <laughs> in the background. So you gotta decorate it really nicely. To do it. You gotta yeah. just wear the banana suit. You gotta keep the attention spans going. And I was like, how can I
2: do that? So talking about the content creator mm-hmm. piece, how long have you been working at it? How long have you been pursuing the content creation side of motorsport and sim racing?
3: That's a great question that no one's ever asked me now that I have to think about it really hard and pause. Uh, <laughs> I started streaming I – my mean, first stream was December 2020, and then I started doing Formula One streams March of 2021, and then I think I grabbed on the F1, the Formula One game, a little bit that year and then eventually jumped into iRacing November of that year. So, yeah, about a year or so. Not that much. Not that long. That's
2: actually – that's very surprising. I thought you were going to say something like 2017 or something crazy. No. Wow, that's, that's pretty impressive. Now, when you started – did you immediately start streaming with uh, sim racing content or like for, for me personally, I started with a random video game because I was like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I want to play games and have people watch me play games. That, that mm-hmm. sounds like fun. And then eventually, you know, that wears off because, you know, you play Call of Duty and you're competing with thousands and thousands of other content creators. Yeah. Did you start with sim racing right off the bat or did you start with something different?
3: No. So I started streaming because it was a goal of my therapist to help manage my anxiety that I'm pretty oh. open about. So when I first started streaming, I played something that I was super comfortable with and it was Portal. I love oh, that game. I play it like twice game. a year. It's so good. It's just it's so good. And it's just so fun. It's a great puzzle game and I love puzzle games. So I started with Portal and, I, and it takes a while to get used to talking with a camera and then talking to a chat because it's not a conversation. You're not, excuse me, you're not reading any body language that you normally would when you're talking to someone directly or, hey, I should stop talking about this or they're bored, you know, you're not reading that or <laughs> yeah, someone found that like funny because they're laughing. Yeah, you don't hear them laugh or you hope they put an LOL emote or a Kek W in there mm-hmm. they find it funny. So it takes a while to get used to it. So I was like, let me just go with something I'm comfortable with. Um, so I was doing Portal and then me and my brother and a group of our friends home from home play Call of Duty together. So I was doing that a little bit um for dance shout out so my goal wasn't really to be popular or make whatever um and then i was like hey i was watching some Formula one streams and i was like i think i could do something a little different um the way i look at twitch is each like stream is a bar and each bar has their own theme their own vibe and um you know my bar is going to be a little bit different so i started yeah. doing my f1 watch alongs with my best friend sal my brother david because it helps when you have someone just talked about sports for the first time and then I people just started coming in and they're like, hey, uh, glad I found you. No one else is doing this that I want That's to watch. Cool. And I, no one else around me is watching Formula One that I can talk to. So it's like an internet chat room where we can just talk about Formula One while we're all watching the race.
4: The sun.
0: So the sun has come out sun has the come out are parting it's almost, it, it feels p- like
5: a moment it does it
0: does yeah. it feels like a nice reflective moment <laughs> so we're here on the sim Sanders
5: podcast with f1 tomo hello how are you doing f1 Tomo. that's what uh, my wife's dad calls me f1, f1 tomo. tomo that feels very formal just to mess with me yeah mr f1 tomo mr f1 do tomo. you have to call him sir no he'd like <laughs> that we <He laughs> would love that <laughs> but no darren i'm not calling you sir um, yeah darren get pleasure, out of your head pleasure to be here uh, and paired with you boys today as well grid finder So we've done all right, we've done all right. We've had a mixed bag today, haven't we? We've had, do you know what, we've been unlucky, but cheerfulness in the face of adversity. That's what I always say. Yeah, and you got a dodgy black flag as well. I got completely
0: screwed over. I mean, I'm not gonna talk about it, will (laughs) and mill, but I didn't hit those tires, I didn't deserve that black flag. I deserved the black flag for other things, but they didn't see those. But the the, the hitting the tires, that was nonsense. I was absolutely (laughs) furious. And then we had to come. Oh no, we're, we're probably not going to feature Gridfinder's progress in this race because we've had mechanical issues, no. we've, we've had a tyre that got ripped apart. Correct. We've had to fuel up twice because it, it's been nice. Yeah,
5: look, it was things outside of our control ultimately. And yeah, um, they're still heavy... aiming for a top 10. We'll be happy with that. We'll be very happy. And also, what a great day. It is Considering this morning it was absolutely chucking it down. Yeah. And it was really wet, kind of offline back there. I had a bad spin in practice because I went wide. Tires got wet, and I just took turn one as if it was dry, being like, "Oh, what's the worst that can happen on slick tires? And obviously had a little spin. Um, but no, the heavens—well, the heavens have not opened. There no, was a little bit of spinning, wasn't
0: there? It? It was teasing us? It's just tickling us earlier.
5: It's a beautiful day. I'm getting a nice. Freckly tan. Yeah. So, do you, do you tan all right? Do you, do you, yeah, you?
0: Yeah. Like well, firstly, thank you for asking. Um, nah.
5: Yeah. It takes a little while. I'm like yeah. a slow builder. I have to build yeah. up the
0: lanes, you know? Yeah. It's, not, it's
5: not instant. I don't, I don't have that olivey complexion. No. That, that you, my parents, that kill for. you know, my dad was very tanned. My mum is very tanned, so I'm hopeful in later life. Well, let's dive I'd into be this. There. Tell me more about that. How would that make you feel if you were tanned? It would make me feel more confident. Okay. Uh, because, I mean, look, I see my, I see my own face all the time. Part of my job, you get very used to the sound of your own voice, right? Right. I mean, do you edit this podcast? No, my God. But
0: sometimes Liam sits next to me in the office, and sometimes he doesn't have in the headphones to hear my voice.
5: I'm just like, Did you not like it? I hate it. Have you not got used to it? I hate it. No, not yet. See, I kind of. Not ever. I still, I know other people who make YouTube videos, who can't stop some. Like they had to get an editor because they they can't do anymore. to their voice. I'm like, just be be more of a narcissist and then you'll be fine. Oh, so more narcissism yes. equals better. correct. Oh, that's just that Important life lesson. I'd like to think that's where I've been going
0: wrong. <laughs> so, okay, so here we are. We're at the Motormouth uh, charity karting event. So give us a little glimpse into your life. How like or unlike is this
5: to a normal week in your, in your world? I wish this was more like a normal week in my world um, because I am actually doing another karting thing tomorrow. So it rains, it pours, right? It's like a bus, you wait, and then three come at once. Um, No, I'd love to do more karting. As a kid, I didn't do very much. Obviously, very expensive um, pastime. There was always the ambition, dream to be a racing driver, which obviously never came to be, but I found my way back into the industry, the long way around. And uh, yeah, I'd love to do more of it, but ultimately opportunities. I'm a bit closer now. I live in middle of Essex, so I've got Rye House, quite close to me. Oh yeah. Which is oh, obviously yeah. where Lewis It's iconic. In his early days. It's and iconic. then Butmore Park's about, oh, I'm about
0: 45 minutes well, from That both. was my local track growing up as well. Okay, the downhill yeah, yeah. section, the little windy, and then the right hand up into the hill. Beautiful, it's beautiful a good track. track. It's a, good, a track. Really good track. And it's
5: a very like different, like completely different to Wilton Mill. Uh, this is kind of a flat area. There's not much elevation at all, but Butmore's, but, Butmore's got a lot more character to it, I suppose. Um, yeah. But ultimately, if I'm in a car, I'm happy.
0: Yeah. This one, this one does feel quite polished. Like the, yep. the runoff curbs mm-hmm. and
5: the even like the grass here is cut. You know, we mm-hmm. go to one in Sunderland and it's not well kept like this. This is, this is nice. And, and the stewards are on it. They're prepared to divvy out penalties, as you know. Um, I, don't uh, <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I was fired. Like, I didn't get a single thing. Oh, well, that's good it. for you. No, uh.
0: So, let's... Um, let's go back then for our for our sim racing uh listeners obviously uh you're let's say famous for your call of duty exploits um yeah one of the most decorated esports players um, of all time and the sim racing world is now super interested um, in you because you've moved across from one esport to a totally different esport with a whole different set of inputs etc yeah that we'll get to and i'd love to go into that transition and then let's talk about ren sport but first just to give our listeners like a sense of the scale of what yeah. you were doing before, give us just a synopsis of your COD career. I know you started in Halo and then went across to COD. So give us a quick, quick yeah. synopsis of that career. And also give us a sense of the events, the size of these events that you were competing
6: in because it doesn't
0: exist in um, sim racing.
6: Yeah. So I guess why well, I started playing Call of Duty, um, it's really, that's a, that's a long answered question. <laughs> I'm going to try to I'm trying to summarize because I played call of duty and, and FPS games in general for like 20 years. Um, I started when I was like nine, eight years old. Um, the first tournament that I ever competed in, I went pro in. And not only pro, pro was like top sixteen, top eight, I believe it was top eight at the time, and that's team wise. So, um, I think we, yeah, we got third. So it wasn't; it was like beyond pro. It was like, you know, you can actually win. Um, but that was I turned pro at like eleven. I retired when I was twenty nine. So like 18 years, um, went, is uh, somewhere in the middle of that went to halo, went pro in that, uh, and then went back to cold. Well, i played battlefield for a little bit, um, for an imaginary 1.6 million dollar tournament, uh, wow. sh- shout out virgin gaming. Yeah, I say imaginary <laughs> because they announced it and never happened um yeah that sounds like a whole story right there oh yeah oh dude it's stories <laughs> on stories um but i i don't i don't regret that part at all honestly because it was probably some of the most fun i've had in competitive esports mm. um and it was it was it was very different um but anyways call of duty so i came back to call of duty when i was around 20 uh, or 21. I think it was like 20. So in nine years, I won 38 tournaments, uh, three world championships, two X games, medals. Um, I think at one point, I think I ended my career with like a, it was around 50, 50. Um, for percentage of like tournaments I went to versus tournaments I won. So it was like, I think I ended with like around a hundred tournaments that I went to and I won. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know if it was, I, I think I went to like 90 tournaments or something like that. Um, maybe 85, but either way it was, it was close to 50, 50. Hmm. Um, and Yeah, I was sort of my whole goal was to be sort of like the best teammate um, there's ever been in Call of Duty because everyone's trying to get the highest KD, the, you know, the most MVPs and all this stuff. And I sort of went around or went about it, especially coming from Halo because Halo is so focused on teamwork and the team aspect of things that I sort of had an advantage coming back to call of duty because no one was focused on the team aspect. No one was focused on, Hey, how can I make my teammates around me better? Um, So that was, you know, key to my successes right there. It was, I was sort of like an enabler of, of teammates and pushing teammates to be the best version of themselves while also doing it for me. So, and to describe one of these events and again the reason i'm i'm, I'm asking these
0: questions is because sim racers yeah. who only follow sim races sim racing will have yep. no idea and obviously prior to this interview i watched a lot of youtube yeah. videos about some of the tournaments you were at and they're
6: enormous yeah i mean well the biggest i think the biggest venue we played in front of like like people wise crowd wise was one of the eswc's um, was playing Gotaga in the finals. Uh, and we absolutely massacred them. Side note. Um, <laughs> but there was like 4,000 people, I think. Uh, I, I believe, I don't, I don't know if it's for certain, but I'm assuming that this is on, the, the only event they could have watched that. But, uh, A couple drivers like professional drivers told me like they watched me play at that at that tournament so i mean um, the viewing
0: figures for these tournaments are are a whole different world from sim racing right
6: oh yeah yeah i mean well that's that's sort of why i think sim racing because right now it's it's basically in the in it's sort of stuck from being a hobby to profession Mm. uh right now it's like to me the biggest ruling factor is the prize money. Um, I give the example of like, you know, people want to talk about the games it's, or this and that, or the equipment's too expensive, you know, all these other things that are true. Right. But the root cause of it is that like the sim racing community, like the the competitive side, they're playing for borderline, nothing. Um, like, you know, at the at the ESL Munich major, um, I asked, like, how many of these people up here, the 12 best in the world, could live on their own or are living on their own right now without, you know, not living with their parents, not working another job, this and that. And it was like, I think it was, uh, like, I asked Enzo about it on mm. Redline, and he was like, I don't know, maybe six to eight people. Yeah.
7: But now, I think sim racing is, it, is in a good place. Lots of people earning money from it within esports teams, um, being team managers, um, working for organizations that revolve around sim racing and esports. And of course, YouTube, there's, there's lots of full-time YouTubers now who are focused on mm. sim racing. Um, and that's increasing every year, so i I think we're in a good space, and it's only getting bigger and better at the moment,
0: yeah, yeah, i, I and I look back at the you know the guests that we've had on this podcast, and it's essentially like it's just a series of Jan Mardenborough stories, maybe not to that extent, maybe not you know not 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 everyone has had the the full Jan Mardenborough experience, but in their own way. In their own lane whether it be you know uh jeff mcconi who now makes iRacing, racing who made i racing setups who now makes setups for like real world NASCAR teams to you know dave cam who had a different one where he played uh games like as a as a you know as uh <laughs> i don't know what I, was I was gonna say as an older person now but i don't know if he still listens but i think he'd be a bit upset if, if i said that but then he's he's kind of like made it his like retirement thing post police and then to yourself there's so many stories but there, and there's so many roots as well within um within sim racing and that was one thing that i think didn't come across in the film was the 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 breadth of opportunity within sim racing so you know another person that that we've had on the show that springs to mind is george morgan how you know he did psgl and wr commentary for years from his bedroom and now is out at the tracks at at sro and and doing the you know formula four commentary there's so many roots to it and you know you're, you know you 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 do drive, but you're also a content creator, right?
7: Yeah, that's what I'd say. My main thing is, of, um, obviously, racing for real would be a real aspiration. I'd love to be able to do that full time. But yeah, there are so many routes into careers revolving around sim racing, like commentary. Like you say, that's that's quite a good one. There's quite a few of those guys doing that now, and um, I think it's just a case of if you're passionate about it and there is an audience out there. Um, that's that's just the way that you sort of display your CV. You don't need mm. to like, you don't need to sort of have an actual CV on Microsoft Word. You just go out <laughs> there, you commentate on an event, um, PSGL or whatever league it is, mm. um, if if you're going down the commentary route, for example. Um, but in terms of YouTube, just put the videos out there. That is your CV. Just make the be- Just make the videos better and better and better over time. And um, you know, if you do a good enough job, there's people out there that want to watch it. And um, yeah, you can forge your your living within this Mm. space.
0: It's like the most entertaining CV ever. It's it's a CV that you can actually like watch and enjoy. And, And in sim racing, you have infinite, infinite opportunities to build a showreel. And have quite a lot of fun doing it. There's, there's, a, there's thousands and thousands of leagues out there that would bite your arm off if you're like, "Can I just do some commentary? I sort of practice, get my shot." Like, there's so many out there that would that would love um, that would love them to do it. So, let's. Um, I, I, what I'd love to do in this podcast is essentially kind of create an audio version of the the Gran Turismo film and go through your your story um, bit by bit. But since we're talking about the film right now, were there any bits of the film that you felt missed the mark? or didn't resonate with you? Um, I mean, there are going to be some spoilers
7: here, I suppose. Um, what, one of the things with the racing scenes, which for me were a bit hit and miss, I felt like they did look very dynamic. The ones that recorded for real looked pretty mm. good, and they, they, they did look pretty racy. Um, but then you had the CGI at the same time, which didn't look quite right to me.
0: Um, Hungara Ring was used yeah. a lot. Well, and um that was a proper actually moment when in the cinema we had all the good fun team there and when it happened we were leaning because that's hungara ring we're like, oh god we're, we're that we're those people
7: <laughs> yeah so yeah it, i suppose they had to make the film cater to all of us guys who know everything about sim racing and all the tracks we know all the tracks we know that's hungara ring instantly and it's not the mom. Mm-hmm. but then they have to make it one that you know the ordinary viewer who doesn't really know much about racing can watch the film and enjoy it and i think they cater enough to both. It would have been nice, obviously, to have the real Le Mans, the real Silverstone, and not Ring for everything, but um, yeah, the racing scenes were a bit hit and miss for me. Um, in terms of the, just the general story, I think it did a good job of mm. just portraying a kid who, who has a passion, a clear passion for something. He has to fight lots of adversity to achieve it from his parents, from people at the track. in the his, Some of his mechanics didn't Go on with him, other people within the paddock, other drivers who don't want to get beaten by the gamer kid. Mm. Um, so I think in that sense it was just a good story of someone who had a passion and just had to fight for their dreams.
0: It's there's there's so many people that we've had on this podcast now who have basically done the same thing, ended up in slightly different places, some racing in the real world, some racing for a sim racing team full-time, some have gone out and created businesses. Uh, that exist in the sim racing world from it. But all all, the thing that they all have in common is what you just said, which is, I never thought when I was at school, that this is how my life would turn out from a racing game.
6: Mm.
8: No,
0: exactly. And I've had, I mean, I've had
8: friends and people that, you know, I I know that have gone to the cinema to watch it. And they've actually texted me after the film, like, mate, this that film is like what you've done. And I was like, yeah, mad. (laughs) Like, um, like, it's a good thing that the film, is as good as it is, it's reaching as many people as it is. Like when I first saw it got announced, I was like, is this gonna be a bit of a gimmick? Is it gonna make sim racing look mm. a bit rubbish? But mm. it's absolutely given it some like credibility to like the masses, which I think is really good. Um, but yeah, as you say, like people like Steve and Jimmy, and they've done a very similar story to to Jan. Um, I mean, my story from my year of 2020 and 2019, it's literally the same journey as Jan in the sense that it was the same people that organized GT Academy, that organized World's Fastest Gamer. Mm. I, I had the same mechanics as he had, same engineers, same driver coaches, uh, sort of guiding me through British GT. So every time I did something well or not well, they would be like, right, so Jan went through the same thing. Jan did this. We spoke to Jan when he was younger. So like, I literally lived his journey <laughs> yeah. just seven or eight years later. Um, his journey went on for a bit longer as well he did a few years but only did the one year but yeah it was I, as you say that film I'm going to watch it and be like damn that is close to home that yeah yeah
0: yeah it would be really interesting actually to hear your your review of that film uh, when you do manage to go and see it mm. so okay so something that I noticed was that there seem you seem to have mentioned a couple of times now that the F1 game is where a lot of the opportunity was and you know veloce was was telling you that perhaps f1 is something to consider and if you're not going to do f1 then it's we need to work out a path was it a conscious decision to not race f1 as much and move across to things like um acc was that a preference of the the racing style or the way the game felt um or what what was the reason for not, not shunning f1 that sounds very negative but just deciding not to make that your thing Well, on my way up, so like when I first started getting paid, like 2018,
8: 2019, like winning F1 Esports was like my sole purpose Mm because it was the biggest thing. I was like, right, I need to go and win that. That's going to be the big thing. Until uh, I'd won World's Fastest Gamer at the end of 2019, then my priorities sort of changed. Um, I guess when I started sim racing, I always thought like, I think I had seen people like Jan and stuff go from gaming to real earlier on a few years earlier. And I was like, if I'd love to do that, I never got, mm. yeah, I, I had a couple of like really club level races before, um, getting into gaming, like in 2015, at the end of my car career, my dad had saved enough to d- allow me to do two races in formula Ford. They didn't go that wow. well. And we actually, we spent all the money we basically had and that was it. And there was a few rough years after that. Um, but yeah, so I did have a little glimmer of car experience before I went into gaming. Um, it's worth saying, um, so yeah, when I won lots Fast game, my priorities changed because there was an opportunity to race in real life the next year for a whole season, a million dollar drive in GT racing. So mm. as soon as I got that, I was like, I know F1 esports is good, but like, that's, that's insane. Like I need to, I need to focus on that as well. So 2020, when, I, when I finally got the call up to do F1 esports as a driver, I was also competing full-time in real life in British GT. So honestly, mm. it was like racing F1 esports sometimes on a Wednesday and Thursday, Get to the track friday and then do real racing friday saturday sunday and f1 esports and driving a gt3 in real life the driving styles you need it's just like polar opposites man I mean, it's non-comparable um so i was taking some bad habits i was i was learning on the f1 game putting it into the gt car and vice versa mm-hmm. and it was all a bit it wasn't optimal you know um so my f1 esports season was pretty poor uh my debut season i i'd scored a few points finishes it was awful to be honest but by the standards i I try and set myself like i wanted to be at the front and stuff and i was just nowhere um so i got to the end of the season and i wasn't exactly in demand uh, to Mm. to do another season um i probably could have crafted a way to do the following season but doing so poorly on such a big stage I, i was like It's just it's a bit embarrassing and like I I, I don't know I I wanted to sort of disconnect myself from F1 esports it was so brutal I was like right let's make next year a bit different I thought I'd be real racing again first of all but I I saw all these simulators like ACC and R Factor and AC and I was like let's go let's go over there and try and do some stuff on them you know they look Mm. and feel more enjoyable to drive there's competitions on them now let's go and win some stuff on those things Um, and that's what I did the the next two or three years until today really uh since f1 esports finished in 2020 I, i've just been focusing on every other sim apart from f1 um not to say that you know I, I wouldn't go back i mean the way it is in the minute i probably wouldn't go back but if it changed the physics changed on it completely so it's more like sim like I, I probably would eye up eye it up again you know i mean it's a younger demographic now i mean all the kids that are going on there now like 16 17 and i'm 25 but i think it, if it went to a full hardcore sim i would definitely fancy my chances to be sort of at the front so um yeah that's that's the reason i'm not doing it now it, it's a shame really but in it's not all negative because f1 esports did not go that well yes but my real racing season that year went extremely well and i think mm. it's because i prioritized it over f1 so it's just bad timing, you know, it would have been better to have the real racing one year and F1 the next year, for example, but so you can't always have it that yeah. way, so. Yeah, yeah.
0: From the very beginning, you've decided that I need to script stories. I, I need to build stories. stories out of this. Yeah. Like, lo- well, well, There must've been some other motivation behind
9: that. I love telling stories. I'm very entrepreneurial. I like to build something from nothing. Um, and that's kind of what I did with the channel, really. Built, Obviously built it from nothing, but I can tell I like to build a story from something, like a race. Yeah. So I like to tell my perspective. or I like to delve into, again, it's sort of that human element. Why this person did this. Yeah. Why did I do that when that yeah. person did that? So, um, so, yeah, just made a few videos. Um, things got a bit out of control. <laughs> <laughs> Started streaming because it was easier, you know. So when you say
0: get out of control then, so were you having a decent amount of success with your... Uh, On-demand content, so your non-live streaming content.
9: Yeah, yeah, massively. It was, um, uh, it was kind of. Ba- I kind of just did it as, as I was going through the ranks at work. I kind of had a feeling it's not what I wanted. Like every run of the ladder that I got up, I thought this isn't as good as I thought. So I needed a release. So I made just a few videos, and I'd always loved Gran Turismo. I was the guy. I was the racing guy in my circle. Yeah. And just looping back to where Modern Warfare comes in, when I when I went on honeymoon in twenty seventeen. I went down a YouTube rabbit hole and I, I found a, I think it was a Super GT video, I think. And I was like, wow, people make videos on, firstly, wow, people make Gran Turismo 7 video or Gran Turismo, what the, I can't remember what it was, Sport, I think it was coming yeah. out. You must have had early access or something. And you can race against others now online. Yeah. That yeah. wasn't there in four. Yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah. right. Because obviously I was doing the whole shoot map up thing because I love the online competitive element. Yeah. like right i need to do a bit of this so i just made a few videos see see what happens and as i say just kept going and going and going so what motivated you to keep
0: going and going and going because i think it's fairly um well established that in the early days of any streamer's life unless they have some huge budget or some huge collaboration or they're a celebrity the only way to build a, a real uh, successful challenge is to essentially use a word that I hate, which is grind. Yep. You have to just grind and grind and grind. And people will always talk about, you know, the first year I'd be streaming to like 12 people yeah. maximum on a good night. Yeah, Was that the same for you? Yeah. yeah. And, and what, what kept you pushing through that?
9: Uh, the fear of having to go back to my old job, the fear of is this life, is this it? i hated it interesting i really it was, it, and that's still why i do it now to this day is you know in youtube it's so competitive anyone everyone's coming for you yeah everybody and you've got to have that mindset you know um and yeah just the, the fear of having to go back to the office just petrifies me because then what happens so i work till i'm 60 like my kids grow up and yeah and and, and you know i miss all that and then then i start my life at 60. yeah,
0: yeah. That,
9: on the golf course right yeah that, that that terrifies me, yeah. if I'm honest. Now it's interesting because I've spoken to a lot of streamers and
0: I often try and ask questions about the business side of it and you know the, the requirement to be some kind of entrepreneur. And I think most of the streamers, it's fair to say, have kind of shunned that concept. And they say, no, I do it because I love it. Everything else comes second. But I'm really interested to hear how you've learned what it takes to be a, you know, let's be fair, economically successful streamer. How do you support yourself? Because a lot of people who start streaming nowadays are mid-career. Not everyone is 14, 15, 16-year-old when when they start streaming. Which means they have bills to pay, they have other people that are dependent on them. And so it's not really an option to stream and create content unless you can support yourself by by doing it. So as you've been building up this channel, what kind of considerations have you been making to how do I generate revenue? And I know as a content creator, you don't want to be talking about revenue to people who are subbing, gifting, But that's the reality of it, and, that's, and I think most people think that's fair enough because they're yeah. like, well, if I'm gonna watch this guy and I'm gonna
9: enjoy his content, he needs to eat. Yeah. So how do you approach that side of it? So, the, firstly, so for a bit of context, I went full-time streaming when Grand No 7 came out. Right. right? So that's the, that's the sort of pillar of where it starts.
0: So to start off, for those who don't know, Ben, what the hell is the F1 Content Creator Series?
10: Uh, F1 creates a series is uh, a series where we join together in a league racing scenario. It's half serious, half sweaty. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Depends on who you are, I guess. How sweaty Uh, are you on a scale of like dry to? um, I don't know. It's a swimming pool. (laughs) <laughs> I vary, to be honest. I started off super casual and now it's just got the, the level is raised every race, yeah, yeah. every I've season. See, I've
0: seen you two especially grinding this series.
10: <laughs> yeah, he's my nemesis.
0: Uh-huh. Ben
10: is my nemesis. We, we are... I, I
11: hate you. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: Ben, tell us how it started, right? It was the brainchild of a few content creators who have got together. And we're going to talk about what it's become. But tell us the origin story.
10: I'm actually not well poised to answer that. I think maybe Tom. Yeah. I joined pretty late, if I'm honest. He has done more races than me in it. But um,
11: I, I mean, as all sim racing series start, it starts as just some friends together. Um, we, we yeah, we were literally just doing some fun races on the F1 game. Um, uh, and all, all of a sudden we got some more content creators involved. Uh, it was not even called the Creator Series as it's called today. Um, it was actually called the Choco League. Uh, Dirk yeah. Chocolate, who is not here right now. It's very sad that he is not here. Yes, but he still races, so uh, yeah. that's nice. When he wants uh, to. Yeah, <laughs> when he can be bothered, uh, and and yeah, it, it grew out as something something huge. Um, I mean, we have like when we when we go live for the Creator Series, we have like thousands of people watching us, uh, raise each other and uh, get mad at each other, or sometimes love each other. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's grown massively, and and I mean, uh, actually, I mean, all of us here together, we didn't even talk too much to each other, and now we're like besties. <laughs>
0: So it's kind of a novel concept, okay? So there's a lot of sim racing leagues that exist um, and they're, they're fairly well viewed. If you look at the likes of WOR and PSGL, they get they get really decent uh, viewership. But the difference, I think, with this series is that you can truly get behind the, the lens, if you like, on the people that you're watching race, okay? It's kind of like the sim racing version of Drive to Survive. I so said what Drive to Survive has done for F1, I believe, you know, to make a smaller scales at the moment, The f1 uh, so the content creator series has kind of done the same thing for league racing because people can watch your races and they can understand the stories and perhaps sim racing in the past has suffered a little bit in that it's difficult to follow the stories of the individuals racing you don't really know who they are and so there's no real emotional attachment when you're watching one car overtake another whereas with you guys people watch you guys stream so they feel like they, they know you, they understand you, they know what your, your tics are, what you're good at, what you're bad at. And so when they watch the F1 Content Creator Series, they're really watching a story. And, I, and Tom, I'm gonna put it to you, yeah. that I would say that you have elevated sim racing, uh, leagues and sim racing broadcasts from streams into entertainment.
11: Oh, definitely. I mean, um, every time we, 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 we go live, I mean, we, we do our own shows, you know, our own streams. And uh, they always ask us, oh, when, when is the creator series going live again? You know, when are you guys taking each other on again? Um, and normally, like, a season takes around 16, 16 races, 16 weeks. Every single week, uh, we have, like, a, a race on, on the Saturday evening. And um, yeah, it's really cool to see how the story unfolds. Like, we started the, this season that just finished, actually, um, in, at the launch of the F1 game about a few months ago. And it only finished last week. Yeah, exactly. And, and the championship... No spoilers. No, exactly. I, I mean, I, I will say I was very good in that season. Uh, uh, I was one of the, uh, one of uh, the best drivers, if not the a best. A little too good if you ask me. But um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. And, and Ben, for example, even did a, uh, an, an analysis stream. So he, he did four hours, four hours after <laughs> in one go. He did analyzing um, his season, 16 races in a row. And each race takes about one and a half hours. Uh, where we do a full Formula 1 Grand Prix, so say like 72 laps after one another. It's it's very sweaty. Even if you're not pushing, it, you can imagine you get very, very tired. It, it's kind of interesting because it, it, it definitely seems to bridge the
0: gap between kind of esports streaming and entertainment. And I feel like maybe that's kind of where it started. But you're all competitive, right? It's kind of ended up being quite... Quite a competitive series and just the nature of the fact that you're streamers and you all race so much. It's, it's to a really high quality. You were claiming before that you're like, you know, half a second off the esports drivers. So it's, it's its kind of like the F1 esports series, except you kind of perhaps know the drivers slightly better. And you have got a bit of experience rallying in, uh, in, in a particularly famous case where you, and I quote, beat
12: Sebastian Vettel um yeah it's such a scary (laughs) thing like it's those are very like i don't know i still get quite um i don't really know how to even react to that even like all this time later i mean i'll have a i've obviously had people mention that to me and it's like oh what did it feel what was it like and these sort of things but you know i think you know if you were to put it in personal context that you are driving a car that you've driven for Two laps, hmm. you're so far out of your typical comfort zone, let's say, right? Everyone is. That's the point of Race of Champions. You're thrown in a car and you go, right? Yeah. So, but you're in this situation. You are, the it feels like the world's watching because it okay, kind of are. Because they were. And <laughs> you're lining up on this, you know, snow, the start line, and you look to your right and you just see this, the, you just see the white and German stripe helmet of Sebastian Vettel as so you're about to race this man. Um... Mm-hmm. And it's the scariest, most like your adrenaline is like through the sky, like it's so high. You're like, oh my god! It is inten- It's such a scary but exhilarating experience because you're like, this is very. It becomes very real mm-hmm. in those few seconds. So that's. And I mean, I don't really focus so much on, um, you know, the result in a way because I feel like, I feel like I've got a a sense of duty that you know, if I was to be. Let's say I was to be quite arrogant about it, right? Which I, I would never want to do. I don't believe that's the person I am. But if I was to be that sort of... If I was to behave a certain way about it, it was like, oh, I did, I, you know, walk around with a bit of swagger about it, I think I'd be doing discredit. And it was also discredit to the community, um, wise but also I believe that... But it's just not who I am anyway. I mean, it's not something I would... I don't want to ego these things. I, I believe it's a lot of nonsense in that regard. So for me, I want to be humble in the fact that I even had the opportunity to race Sebastian. You know, there's many drivers on this on this planet who would love the opportunity even just to drive alongside him. So for me I want to be remember these you know, these fundamentals of, you know, you got to drive at racer champions and drive alongside Sebastian um and Mick Schumacher and Valtteri Bottas and Mika Haken and all the other amazing names that have had such a genuine lifetime privilege of going up against um and that's how i really want to like remember it in a way um yes of course the being able to come out on top is the the coolest feeling on the planet and something that you are so pumped about mm-hmm. um but it's not something that i want to go on about if that makes sense because I f- it's, it's it's a weird situation for me because i don't i feel like a don't want to talk about it too much because then people start saying oh look at him he's on about it again this sort of thing so yeah uh,
0: yeah i mean i i I don't think that that is coming across at all there's like a like a quiet confidence mixed with a respect about how because i've seen i've seen you talk about the the race in the past and it's that you you approach it in the in the same way and it feels like a really kind of conscious uh almost like calculated has a bit of a not negative um connotation i don't mean it in a negative way i mean it's like a you're quite conscious about the way that you portray the events of that day and you're right what an incredible experience i imagine if you'd come second you would have enjoyed it like only slightly marginally less because you get into race against sebastian bell right that's absolutely um incredible and it's and it's interesting as well that your career has been so varied and it hasn't been long. We're not talking like 20 years, right? But you've done so much, like there's so many different, you've done go-karting and then sim racing and you did the e-race of champions, even within F1 esports, you race raced for, for two teams, right? So is that something that you strive for? Are you, are you looking for variety or has variety come knocking? Thing, going through the same process probably feeling the same strain do you ever look to each other to be like oh, are you having a tough time yeah I'm having a tough time like but it's fine we'll get through this with this race there's a new track thank God we have to keep grinding you know I don't know spa which we've all we're all bored of right like so do you kind of look to each other for for uh some
4: escape um I think it's more of just being more understanding when if someone's burnt out mm. if they do one to two hours and they go I don't want to do this anymore i'm just not feeling it today go yeah. offline just go okay that's fair enough I, i've done the same it, it can happen when we when we have to practice for so long um, and get so repetitive so i think we're just quite understanding um we're still we're still trying to stay on points and mm. um, we all try and turn up to practice early at the same time um, but if someone's just having an off day which definitely can happen and will happen then yeah we're just understanding about her i do genuinely
0: get the sense here that it's a collaborative effort and and i know a lot of like drivers will say I, I want to win it's about me i just you know i just want to be the front of the grid but it sounds like experiencing this as a career as a to use a cheesy phrase as a journey together does feel like you are collaborating quite a lot in terms of the
4: you know the emotional side of it yeah um because at the end of the day you especially in the F1 eSports Championship, the the money is made through the Constructors' Championship. Mm. Um, So at least for me personally, um, I just focus on that. I'm not too bothered about the Drivers' Championship. Um, So you want your teammates to obviously be performing as as best they can, just to get the best out of themselves, which is the best for all of us. Um, So emotional support is definitely important. uh.
0: Interesting, so it's almost like it's the series itself that has created that environment. Now, Seb, you've done a few of these, different series and you've you've other than f1 esports i mean and you've done them on on different games tell us what do you think the biggest differentiator is with the f1 esports series like what what sets it apart and what do you like about it and what do you perhaps
10: prefer about other series oh the first thing i i I, I don't like about the f1 game just because there are some good facts but the the game is like the biggest different differentiating factor yeah because on the f1 game there's you have to drive so much to get a feel for the for the car mm-hmm. um because the the feeling through the game is terrible so you you can't feel anything so you have to like josh said you have to drive so much and every, there's people driving non-stop um and it's that can be it's a very intense championship whereas when i'm driving iRacing, racing Sport, they're weirdly that they actually are a bit more physical uh, because i'm running like a stiffer brake on those games or mm. have my force feedback a bit higher and i actually can't practice as much in a day as maybe i would on f1 because i start getting joint pain um because of how much repetitive motion you're doing and like mm. it's not just repetitive motion but it's you're putting like force into your joints every time you press the brake, every time you press the throttle, um so it's quite a difference in that between the F one series and other ones because in the F one series you use quite light equipment. Um at least I always did, um, compared to the other games. Uh but in terms of format, I think the other series are missing a lot of strategy, whereas the F one game is really good Mm. for that. Um we always have different strategies and it's particularly this year, um, it looks like it will be um even more open because the well I'm not entirely sure why because I'm not driven the game a huge amount but the strategies are a lot, you can actually use a soft tire, whereas last year you couldn't. Um, so it's kind of opened things up, which is really exciting. Whereas when I drive Renn Sport, there's, it's a 15 minute sprint, yeah. you know, and there's no strategy. It's a bit, you, you, you finish where you qualify almost, uh, unless you have a really good race, and yeah.
6: That's